Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Marineland Boating Center, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley. Top of the afternoon to you. A little cloud cover today. Uh, some rain uh, kind of moving through. Some nasty stuff up uh, Metroplex direction. We'll keep an eye on things. Aaron's got his hand on the uh, buzzer over there. We'll be watching all our weather and uh, and keeping you up to date if there's anything that comes through Central Texas. But uh, big day today. And got some fun stuff planned for you. And I, I, we're going to kind of get into the inner workings of recruiting. All right, football recruiting. We got some big news on Baylor targets. Uh, uh, players that Baylor is targeting for like 2023, 2024. And I thought we'd have a discussion today about like what, how does Rivals and 247 and all these people, how do they rank these kids? What goes into it? What is the science behind it? Some of it is real. Some of it is hocus pocus in my mind. And uh, we'll have that conversation with a rivals expert, guy that Aaron Sexton likes a lot. A lot of our audience enjoys Kevin Lonquist, who was at the, he's a rivals guy, and he was at some big rivals powwow they had. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can say that anymore. A rivals meeting that uh, they, they kind of a camp setting. And what happens is for the top athletes, I don't think you have to pay. The top players, they just say, hey, come on out. And then maybe to fill that, fill it out, they actually have kids that are paying to be there and all that kind of thing. But it was the rivals camp. And, uh, in fact, you're already seeing quarterbacks at the age of eighth graders, eighth graders out there. There was already some kid being discussed named Kane Archer. And I asked uh, Kevin about him, Aaron, and I said, uh, what, what's this kid, What eighth grader? I mean, that's crazy. What, what's going on? He said, yeah, he's, a, he's already got uh, uh, offers to Michigan. He named a few others. How in the world? I mean, it's one thing if it's, if it's Arch, if it's the Manning family, and you sort of kind of start hearing about that kid probably was in sixth or seventh grade, but just your typical eighth grader, how in the world do you know uh, that a kid can, you know, it's going to be some kind of great quarterback at that time. Aaron, you remember this from going to Waco High School and then to Robinson. There were kids in our junior highs, and I'm from Kaufman County, from Kaufman High School. There were kids at uh, OP uh, Norman Junior High it, that were unreal, that were just beyond belief. And by the time they were sophomores or juniors in high school, they weren't even really into football, had either dropped out or, or whatever. They didn't, you know, continue to be great. So I the offering somebody and then getting a commitment from an eighth grader, I thought they had outlawed that in some sports. You can't really do that in, in uh, soccer anymore, women's soccer. I don't think you could do that with maybe uh, women's basketball anymore because Baylor used to offer eighth or ninth graders. But, uh, I, I mean, can you imagine, Aaron, if they, if they based it off like our friends who were great in junior high, it would look a whole lot different than our friends that we graduated with. 
Yeah, about the only sport where you can kind of do that with, and it's still really hit or miss, is is basketball. I mean, you yeah. can tell, you can get a lot by the time that kids are in junior high, but there's still, you know, you can guess and get at, at how much they'll continue to grow and things like that and progress, but you never know for for sure, for sure that they're going to be uh-huh. as good as you think they will be. Yeah, we probably knew LeBron, even by that's, eighth grade, <laughs> was going to be incredible. That's kind of who jumped to my mind. There's yeah. a few. There's always a few, but uh, yeah. not a lot. Because a lot of those kids do. By the time they're seventh or eighth grade, they're already six five or six six. So some of them are. Some players are late bloomers, but uh, you can kind of start to tell eighth or ninth grade. I'm still always amazed at how a player will go from you know a kind of a nice. Uh, you know, freshman type player. Oh, look, this guy's pretty good. He plays for uh, Lake Collins High School. Uh, I, I'm thinking of a kid named Trey Johnson right now. Good player. I mean, you know, he's as a freshman. And then that summer after his freshman year, he's got Calipari, Scott Drew. He's got the whole country wanting him. Kansas is after him. I mean, just based on like literally summer league after his freshman year. Now, of course, he's 6'5 or 6'6 now and can handle it like a point guard. He's a shooting guard at 6'6, and so now it makes a little more sense as he gets ready to go into his – he's a sophomore now. He'll be going to his junior season next year. And, um, Aaron, it's pretty fun when you show up at one of those gyms for high school games or or like I I went to a really good like Richardson versus uh, Lake Highlands game this year, and, and the buzz in the gym as they go, hey, Calipari's sitting down there. And there's a Kentucky coach. Uh, and it happens in Central Texas as well. These these folks uh, show up. There was just somebody I was looking at uh, from Conley. Uh, I was just on Twitter a little bit ago. I want to credit the right whoever had this first because people get mad if they hear, oh, Mosley didn't credit me. But it was somebody from the Conley Cadets. And, uh, Aaron, it was uh, an offer from LSU. That just came in for the Conley Cadet. And this is the kind of stuff that our man Garrett Ross is all over. Uh, Our man uh, Kevin Longquist is usually all over that. I'm looking real quick to see who this young man is. But anyway, he's a cadet. And uh, and so obviously Baylor's got to be on this kid, this Conley Cadet. In fact, I think I'd heard his name. Uh, And it said uh, AGTG, hashtag AGTG. TG. Uh, Aaron, do you care to make a guess at the hashtag AGTG? What does that stand for? AGTG? Uh huh. Aggies, Texas? <laughs> no, no. All the glory to God. Okay. You got to think, you got to get spiritual here. Uh, and uh, so AGTG, all the glory to God. Somebody text, uh, text us in. Who is that uh, Connolly Cadet kid that is such a great young player? Uh, it's 254-662-1660. And we have our recruiting expert on today at 5 o'clock. <clears throat> He's told me, Aaron, we can't give away the, the whole store. We can't give I mean, because a lot of this information is behind the paywall. And I explained to him, Kevin, here's how you get people to sign up for Rivals. You just feed them a little information, and then you say, hey, the rest of this stuff is behind the paywall. All right? And so that'll, uh, I think that will that will help out as we, uh, as we move forward. Now, 420 today, 
We are going to get to hear from Coach Aranda. We're going to do this yesterday, and we got a late-breaking guest who we ended up loving. Um, it was uh, the swing coach, longtime instructor for Scotty Scheffler. Even today, at where, where I work out, uh, Aaron, that was all the talk, Scheffler. I mean, not our interview, although I hope uh, looks like a ton of people downloaded that. Uh, but uh, a lot of the talk around, the, uh, around town was Scotty Scheffler because – uh, well, I, I think everybody in Texas claims him from Austin to Dallas because you got the Longhorn connection. You've got the whole Dallas Fort Worth thing going. You got Highland Park. You got Royal Oaks for Dallas. You got, uh, and then you you can claim. Then New Jersey is trying to claim him since he was seven years old when he left New Jersey. But I still find that amazing. We didn't bring that up with Randy yesterday, but the uh, just the. Uh, the the fact that they took out a fifty thousand dollar loan to join a country club, Aaron. Normally, that would seem like a weird, like a, maybe a weird loan or or a little bit. Mu- I mean, but in this instance, it ended up being a remarkable development. I I've I'm always fascinated too by how the rest of the family feels about all this, and of course, we'd have to hear from them to truly know. But it just seems like, even though he's talked about the sacrifices his sister and his parents had to make for him to go to all these golf tournaments, it just seems like they could not be more thrilled. And think about that, Aaron. You had a bunch of siblings. Think about how resentful you could be if you're the sister of Scotty Scheffler and he's getting raced around the country and they take out a $50,000 loan to join Royal Oaks Country Club. I mean, you could kind of see where it would be easy to resent that, and yet it seemingly, and I love what Randy told us yesterday, he was on the plane back with Scheffler and said you could tell on that plane that even with his, uh, his wife on that plane with him and his parents, that on that private jet as they headed back to Dallas, it was the sisters that ran the whole show. It was, it was two of the three sisters were there. So anyway, I don't... Uh, they may have made some sacrifices, but I do not see them as being shrinking violets. And uh, Aaron, I and our, our, our golf people like talking about questions like this. Two five four six six two sixteen sixty. We'll call that the Ben Hagen's line today, since he's one of our biggest golf listeners. Two five four six six two sixteen sixty. Also, the CNC Collision Center text line, since they paid for it, uh, is uh, as well. Aaron, my thought on this is that I, we got to watch it because it's always easy to immediately say, well, this is the next Tiger. This is the next so-and-so. We thought that Spieth was going to go on and win a bunch more majors because he won three in a hurry. I mean, he's got just, man, he had the Masters. Um, he got a, he, he won the Open. He won, did he win a PGA? I'm just trying to think of all of the ones he won. He won them fast, and he had all of them before he was like 24 years old. He had at least three before he's 24. So I think we, and the same thing with, um, with Rory. Do you realize, Aaron, it's been like eight years, eight or nine years since Rory won a major? You're thinking, well, wait, golly, that's crazy. Rory's a young guy. Well, he is. He's only 32, but it just shows you. He was winning all those majors when he was 23 or 24 years old. That said, I do think our man Scheffler is built to last. 
not because of all the funny footwork that he does and the exaggerated follow through. It's just there's a there's a there's a simpleness to his game and his approach that is way different than Jordan. Jordan is a chirpy uh, fidget with his swing like crazy guy. There's been some of those guys over the years that are always trying to change things up. Tiger had a little bit of that. Tiger was always overhauling his swing. Scheffler's one of those guys that likely is going to try to just do use what he has and stick with it and try to stay hot as long as he can. Now, Aaron, if I had to make a guess, and again, people can guess on this, 254-662-1660. What I'm going to say is until he's 30 years old, he's 25 now, here's where I'm going to set the over-under on majors by the time he turns 30. And I want you to remember something. Even though Mickelson went on to win like six or seven majors, seven or eight, maybe seven majors, he did not win his first one until he was like 30 years old. These guys don't always do it, and sometimes they'll break through. Scheffler feels like he's had an enormous breakthrough. If I put the over-under at four majors for Scotty Scheffler by the time he's 30, would you take would you take the over-under, or do you like that number? Do you think it's going to come in right at four? I would set the over-under on majors for Scheffler, knowing he already has one. So three left, and I'm not saying he has to win. I mean, he could win the Masters, you know, three more times, and obviously that counts. So we're not looking for a Grand Slam, but I'm going to set the over-under at four majors by the time Scotty Scheffler turns 30. And knowing how extremely hard this is, would you take the over or the under on that? Now, again, the text line is 254-662-1660. Aaron, if they get the right answer, <laughs> we won't know the right answer for five more years. But I, I feel like we ought to save this, Aaron, and they could get some, like, Schmaltz's free sandwiches if, if, if somebody gets it right. But actually, just take the over or the under on this. Again, that's 254-662-1660. Aaron, um, what, would you, what would you take? The, if I set the over-under at four on majors that – Scotty Scheffler has by the time he's 30 years old. And it's it's tough because we see this a lot with, and I'm not saying he's the same as some of the golfers before him, but we see guys that are shoot up the rankings to the number one golfer in the world and then just kind of lose it after a couple of years and don't have really have long sustained success. I remember uh, Duvall, you know, I mean, that was quite a few years ago, but, you know, he won a couple of majors at at around the time that Tiger was number one in the world, and that was going to be the next big rivalry, and he just kind of fell off. So I, I'd put it under. There's so many things that can happen. Duvall ran into some mental issues and had, I think, some uh, marital stuff going on, and you're right, he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. And I was going to look to see, as you were, that's a good name, Duvall. Now, again, Scheffler's just built completely different than Duvall. Duvall's dad was a, a golfer. Uh, Scheffler did not have the pressure. I'm not saying his dad didn't. Like, it's kind of like Randy told us. The dad might have gotten over out of, over his skis every once in a while, but the dad was not a golfer. The dad did not start playing golf till the kids were, like, out of high school or college, and then he took up golf. 
Uh, David Duvall now is 50 years old, believe it or not. And you're right, Aaron. He was a huge rival. Um, and I'm looking here. He was second at the Masters twice, 98-2001. Uh, he tied for second at the U.S. Open, and he won the Open Championship. He had 13 wins, though, uh, on the PGA Tour. I mean, he was number one in the world at one point. I would say that was circa 2000. Now, Tiger beat him because I happened to be there with my father, 2000 British Open at St. Andrews. And, and, and that was a great little, that was a great rivalry going on right there. And Tiger won that one. Um, and then, of course, let's see, 2009 by. That's a shocker, by the way, that he tied for second in the U.S. Open in 2009. Because I would say by then, Aaron, his career had pretty much gone. It was gone. He would have been, he would have been about 36 or 37, and it was gone. Some players are like that. Some players just keep getting better. Um, you know, the the kid from Baylor, it suddenly woke up at age 30, and and went on this great run. And he won a major at probably age 33, Jimmy Walker. And then he got Lyme's disease, and he, he, he really is not competitive anymore. And he had about a two-year span where he was awesome. He had a two-year span where he was like a Ryder Cup type guy, and he won a major. And then he fell off. He, he just kind of fell off. I, I, I don't want to say the face of the earth because Jimmy's still around. It's just he's now in his probably early 40s, and it's just not he's not competitive anymore. Uh, so it can happen, but uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the over. I'm setting the over-under on f- at four. He's already got one. I think this guy is amazing, and I think the best golfers in the world right now are Scheffler and the guy he beat in the Masters. Um, I, I think Rom, uh, John Rom, the Spaniard, but I'm talking about Cam Smith from Australia, and trying to think who else we'd throw in there i mean to me those are about the best three uh in the world as we speak all right it is the matt mosley show espn central texas a little golf talk from you we'll uh, look at the text line and uh, share some of your responses as the day unfolds again it's two five four six six two sixteen sixty and you can participate or if you want to throw out an opinion on whatever uh sometimes we'll look in there if i like what somebody says or aaron likes it We'll throw it out on the air. We appreciate all you guys participating. Next, we're going to hear from Dave Aranda and then the newest Baylor potential All-Big 12 player, Jackson player, defensive tackle out of Midway. That's all next. Your weather report is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, the Nitsche Group Insurance Agency has offered Texans policies for their personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs. Check them out at nitschegroup.com. With the Nitsche Group Insurance Agency, Texans can go to one company and get access to insurance coverage options from many carriers. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. We do have a chance of severe weather this evening as a dry line moves in. We'll keep it mostly cloudy with a 40% chance of severe weather. Large hail, damaging winds seem to be the biggest threats. Most of the threats, though, start to diminish later on tonight and overnight, and low temperatures will fall to 68 degrees. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. 
Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. When's the last time you had squirrel? It's been a few years, but it hadn't been that long. <laughs> I grew up eating squirrel. Should I recommend that to the GM over here? But what? Have put that on the buffet. I don't think you want to tell people. I don't think you. I don't think you just put it up there and say, call it chicken or something. Oh my gosh, that's scary. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays four to six p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. When it's more than just your lawn, it deserves the Kubota Z400. Get a head-turning offer on class-leading speed, agility, simple deck height adjustments, and a quality cut. When you need comfort and performance, then you need the professional-grade Kubota Z400. Right now, get the Kubota Z400 mower for zero down, 0% APR for 36 months. Now through June 30th. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. WC Tractor, now with six convenient locations to serve you. Find us at WCTractor.com. Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays, a stadium roaring with bear spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in membership or your next private event, call 254 710 Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Pro Star Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. Pro Star Rental. They make work easier. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Baylor women's basketball saw three going to the WNBA draft. Melissa Smith went number two overall to Indiana Fever. Queen Egbo went number 10 to the Fever, as well as Jordan Lewis went number 24 to the Connecticut Sun. The Los Angeles Lakers fired Frank Vogel on Monday, choosing their title winning coach to take the fall for the most disappointing season in NBA history. A review in the 10th inning gave the Rangers a home opening loss to the Rockies 6-4. Rangers and Rockies tonight at 7.05 and you can hear that game on Fox Sports Central Texas. Baylor baseball takes on number 19 Texas State tonight. First pitch at 6.30 and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball hosts Texas State tonight at 6.30 and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas. Well, the the transfer portal, players are showing up. Ooh, love that. You get some Beastie Boys going on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. I like it, man. That's about junior high for me. 
and that was my that was our band. We loved uh, Beastie Boys, band group, whatever you want to call them. But that was some, that was uh, some good stuff there. Appreciate that, Aaron. Anytime you kind of go back to our era of uh, growing up, try to get my daughter occasionally to sample Beastie Boys. Not sure she truly appreciates it. Uh, Aaron, uh, some breaking uh, portal news. Former five-star uh, Alabama a running back. He was a true freshman at Alabama, and then in January, he was off the books. He was into the portal, apparently, and I believe he's from Garland area, and he has emerged on the campus of SMU. He will be an SMU Mustang and um, his name is Kamar Wheaton, W-H-E-A-T-O-N. And we'll also maybe have to ask Kevin at five, our uh, recruiting expert, about Kamar Wheaton because uh, he was ranked as the number 34 overall player in the country out of Lakeview Centennial and Garland in 2021 class, and he picked Bama over Oklahoma. He's now coming back home, 5'11", 190-pound wheeler, Ran for 3,731 yards and 48 touchdowns in his high school career. So, anyway, kind of some interesting breaking portal news. I thought you would kind of like that, Aaron. Okay, now I want everybody – and by the way, I, I, at some point today, Aaron, let's uh, let's say a word for our draftees. I love that Melissa went second to the Fever, the Indiana Fever. Aaron, I don't know if you've got your Indiana Fever gear yet, but you can order that online, I'm sure. Number 10, Queen Egbo, also of the Indiana Fever. And then I think the Connecticut uh, Sun is where Jordan Lewis was drafted there in the second round. I believe that was pick number 24. Overall, they're in the second round, and uh, good for uh, good for J. Lou is what we like to call her on Twitter and on social media. But uh, that's a good group. That's a good group. And three Baylor players, everybody was very excited. And those grad transfers always seem to get picked. So uh, Kim and her staff were doing a great job of uh, identifying those players. I've noticed Baylor was, was, uh, has been really promoting that today, all those uh, transfers, how they always get drafted. And, uh, boy, I, I think Kim Mulkey and her staff did an incredible job of identifying. And then, of course, uh, Nikki and her staff did a nice job coaching Jordan and getting her to this point. So it all works in together. See how we can all get along? All right, uh, Aaron, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit from Coach Aranda, this was his meeting with the media a couple of days ago as we get closer to that spring game where we'll all be on the 23rd coming up in just a little bit more than a week. Here is Dave Aranda with his most recent news conference. Dave, uh, last year, probably the interior defensive line, there were a bit of a question mark, and now they're looked as probably one of the stronger parts of the team. How, how do you kind of see those guys? I think we got a lot of depth. I think there's a lot of competition. I think we've got um, interior people that can uh, get knocked back and get separation and um, build build a wall versus the run. I think um, you know the the key for us is going to be the development at those five techniques and those edge rushers to get the pass rush we need when we you know um, when we have a four man rush. And I, I think. We can all remember last year at times where some of that was a uh, challenge, and so I think our ability to be to find you know techniques and positions and mismatches and ways that we can ma- maximize that I think 
will be strong for us. And so the, um, the development so far in spring has been good, but I still think there's, there's some to be desired there in terms of your four-man pass rush. When you have guys like that, though, inside, that really helps, doesn't it? I mean, the pass rush. Well, you have push in the pocket. I think you've got, we've got guys that can um, put bone on bone, and we've got guys that can uh, friction blocks, and guys that can get uh, knockback on, uh, on run plays. And then really, you know, if we give the parents a five on the line, then it's five for five, and we can get push in the pocket. Uh, but I think, you know, Right now, if it was a third and eight or third and nine, there's some form of creeper or some form of pressure. And I just think, you know, for us to be the team that we want to be and um, to achieve those things, we're going to have to find a way for a four-man rush to to kind of let, let loose and let, let go. As good as Apu was, what, what can he do or how can he make that next step, I guess? I think Apu, for Apu, it's consistency, and it's off the field driving what's happening on the field. And I think, um, you know, Apu has a has leadership ability and leadership skill. And I think, um, you know, when Apu talks, people listen to him because of um, how hard he works and, and the plays that he makes and everything. And I just think, you know, um, he can be a guy in that um in that position for us and you know I think frankly we need somebody like that and so I think I just think his growth in just um, off the field driving the on the field I think is way key. Is Jackson still progressing really well? He's, he had a lot of yes. good things in him. Yeah he made a lot of great plays today and so I think continues you know with knockback um, and continues with line movement affecting plays and making plays and so you know, he brings a good amount of energy. It's a good one-two punch with both uh, Apu and him trading out. And then, you know, we can move him around as well. Just his ath athletic ability, he can play some of those end spots. What was your biggest takeaway from today's scrimmage? So today was uh, offensively, I thought we ran the ball really well. And so I thought, you know, O-line wise came out and was really uh, established the run early and running backs falling forward and ball carriers, um, you know, finishing runs, you know, receivers and tight ends were into that as well because uh, I think they took a, a cue from the run game and that, hey, this is going to be physical. And so they're there was that, and I thought the defense had to, um, you know, kind of get up off the mat and then respond, and which they did. But I thought, you know, it was a very physical scrimmage. We just, just, just over 90 some plays. In those competitive situations, are you mm -hmm. seeing guys start to take ownership in in those competitions? Starting to, I think you know, so much of it is is like for us is the the balance of uh, being competitive, but then, you know, having the maturity to not cross the line so that you know your experience doesn't interfere with um, anyone you know the team's experience of trying to do something hard and try to get over um, you know um, try to accomplish a difficult goal in a difficult time and a difficult situation and so I think in that in that phase we're doing a good job and I appreciate you know it's much easier when you it is competitive to just lash out and all of that but then I think you know that's not the world we live in in terms of games and it's certainly you know not the world we want to live in in terms of practice because we're training for those games and um, you know we're we're getting better with it. Dave, you talked about that run game you know really clicking early 
but that offensive line, like everybody back, uh -huh. do you expect that to prove to maybe be one of the most dominant well, I think the the throw game has to continue to establish itself. Otherwise, we'll we'll see you know nine man boxes uh, exclusively. And so I think um, you know there was some of that last year in the beginning of the year. I think I go back to um, you know the game in uh, Stillwater. And so I think like the the opportunity for us to can to continue to hone in on the finer details of the run game. And I think when you when you have some success and you have some confidence there, I think it takes it, it takes discipline to continue to come back to the small finer points and, and not drift off into, you know, this adjustment or this addition or you know, it's better to subtract than add when you're doing uh, well. And then I think the other the other thing is the throw game is in run sets, right? Having the ability to either you know move the pocket with nakeds or to take shots is really going to force those safeties to have to play with some depth. Um, you know, towards the end of last year, we had safeties at seven, eight yards, and so I can you know with the way things are going now, you can see that coming again. All right, there he was, um, Coach Aranda, getting us caught up a little bit on what's going on out there in some of these scrimmages. Jackson Player, who we're about to hear from, the uh, apparently he's making plays. Uh, interesting, I think the Apuica, it's never been about his ability, his size, any of that. I mean, this is a, this is a walking NFL-type player. I mean, this is a guy that, that if he – if he gets everything right, could be a first-round talent. I really think he's that guy. But there's been some maybe some uh, maturity issues along the way, and they feel like they've been addressed to a certain extent. But uh, I think what Coach is really trying to say about Apuica and is saying, well, is that he's this guy has great leadership abilities. Players look to him. He just has to keep making the correct decisions off the field and then, you know, he can feed off that on the field. And I, this, this looks to be, uh, could be a dominating defensive line. Got everything come together. You can't just, you can't just look at what's on paper. But this has a chance to be a really, really excellent and deep defensive line that, as he said, hopefully can apply the pressure without always uh, – having to have too much help. Coach loves the blitzes and the creepers and loves talking about all that, and he's great at all that. But this is a team that uh, sometimes you got to be able to get home with that four-man rush, and they have the players that can get it done. And we saw some of that last year. We saw some of it under rules uh, when Ron Rob before Ron Roberts was here, when Phil Snow was here, so we know what that looks like. Started to see it second half of last year in a big way. All right, let's listen now to a little bit from <clears> – <throat> this is – uh, people in Central Texas are familiar with this with this guy. Jackson Player is his name. He went off to Tulsa, became a really, really fine player, and has now transferred to Baylor to finish out his uh, career. Let's hear a bit, uh, a little bit from uh, Jackson Player, the big uh, defensive tackle. Jackson, how's the transition gone here? Uh, you still pretty excited about it? Uh, very excited. It's a little different than uh, what I'm used to, but completely different than what I'm used to. It took a little transition period, but I'm getting the hang of it. I'm feeling real comfortable now. What's it like uh, playing with those veterans up who uh, cheaty? Oh, it works well. I think we all complement each other, having a good rotation at nose, and then playing a little bit of end and having just experience up front helps a lot. What made you decide to 
come here? Uh, just playing for a great defense, playing for a defensive-minded coach. Mm -hmm. And then I, the big obvious is coming back home. This is my route, so I came home for my last year. What was your kind of expectation coming in? I mean, you, you played really well at, at Tulsa, but what was your expectation for you to do this year? Uh, to come in and get taught and get coached hard and uh, learn new techniques, get better at my craft, get better at the technique, and just come in and play and be a part of something special. Has it been maybe a difficult transition, just school, everything? I mean, learning a defense, all of that. Uh, my journey was a little difficult at the beginning, but now that I've got the hang of the defense, I know it kind of well. Uh, school's gotten a lot easier now that I'm in it, and it's just it's a lot smoother now. It was difficult at the beginning. Did you think uh, coming here maybe you'd get more NFL looks too? Is that part of the? Uh, that was the hope to get more get more experience at different positions and not and not in the front that we ran at Tulsa, having more exposure on the bigger stage and play a better competition. Is this much different than the? defense you played at Tulsa? Uh, the way it's ran is a lot different. A lot of the calls are somewhat similar. Uh, some of the players are a lot lot different, a lot bigger than I'm used to, and, but I've also played some really good talent. So, are you? Can you play in, or have you played any in? Is that a position you could get step in and play in? Uh, that's what I was brought here to do, but we had a little trouble on the D-line at nose, so uh, I stepped in and helped out at nose, and hopefully, maybe fall camp, I'll start rotating at both nose and in. All right, interesting <clears throat> there at the end of that. The, but Jackson, one of the things he was trying to do is is come in and and show he had some position flex. And and when you line up with the uh, the three lineman look or a three four type situation, um, wanted to to be over there and play the end. You'll remember Baylor had uh, well they had unbelievable Bravion Roy playing the nose tackle. And uh, Lockhart over at one end, and uh, they 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 just had some great pressure that they were able to bring uh, under Coach Phil Snow. And it sounds like to me, Jackson Player was kind of hoping he would be able to show some of that position flex. Maybe not currently. But that time will come because I do think there's enough depth to be able to move him around. Now he may be so good inside that it's it's hard to make yourself move him outside to end, but uh, I, I, I think Jackson Player has earned the shot to line up at a couple of different places, and I think the uh, I think Ron Roberts will do a good job of trying to utilize him in every possible way. It's going to be a, a, a versatile defense. They lost some great experience, some huge NFL talent, but they still have players around, and uh, they should be steady at linebacker and incredibly steady up front. The only, uh, I think, some doubts on the back end, uh, although not for a lack of talent. It's just uh, uh, somewhat of a lack of experience back there, although Morgan, Al Walcott, Mark Milton, there's some guys that have played plenty. Uh, Devin Neal should be able to do okay back there. All right, some good football talk as we get you ready for, um, oh, the big spring game. It's going to be fun. Tom and I are going to be doing a little pregame show from 11 to noon. Then we'll have the spring game. And it'll be a big day out there. We're going to have a cookout with the Office of Baylor alumni. And uh, we're going to have fun out there. I think I'm judging some of the meets. And uh, the uh, big time, uh, I think we have, I don't know how many people are competing, at least four. Uh, everybody wins. At least that's what I'm trying to say now because these are enormous former Baylor players that are taking part in this cookout. Everybody wins. All right, it's Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas. Something we call... Campus 
Confidential is next. Recently on Game Time, we talked with Jeff Howe from Horns 247 Sports. I'm talking about Quinn Ewers. In terms of just his natural ability to throw the football, I mean, there was a reason why you know, before he left South Lake Carroll early to enroll at Ohio State, you know, 24-7 Sports, he's the best quarterback prospect our national analysts had ever evaluated. You think about the ground that cover, like Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, go on down the list. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Coaches Smoke at 3.30. Austin Avenue in downtown Waco is proud to serve the community and the local colleges. Come on out to Coaches Smoke for $3 off nachos on Mondays, $2.50 single tacos on Tuesdays, discounted bone-in and boneless wings on Wednesdays, $2 domestics on Thursday, Thursday, and $5 burgers and barbecue sandwiches on Fridays. Happy hours 2 to 7 Monday through Friday, so stop by and catch the big game on one of their 35 big screen TVs. And don't forget about Coaches Smoke catering for your next event. That's Coaches Smoke at 3.30 Austin Avenue in downtown Waco. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com. What do John Morris, Kirk Watson, Maxine Hart, Walter Abercrombie, Martha Lou Scott, Michael Hyatt, and Robert Darden all have in common? They've each been interviewed on Baylor Line's Direct Line Conversation Series. You can hear from these outstanding bears and many, many more with a subscription to Baylor Line Insider. This is your all-access pass to the best content in the Baylor family. Subscribe today at BaylorLine.com KRZI. At UBO Business Services, we are brand agnostic. We support many different brands, but only the best products from each provider. Our analysts favor flexible systems that don't leave you locked into a one-brand technology solution. Being flexible allows your organization to stay nimble and take advantage of the latest emerging technologies. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Baylor women's basketball saw three going to the WNBA draft. Melissa Smith went number two overall to Indiana Fever. Queen Egbo went number 10 to the Fever, as well as Jordan Lewis went number 24 to the Connecticut Sun. The Los Angeles Lakers fired Frank Vogel on Monday, choosing their title winning coach to take the fall for the most disappointing season in NBA history. A review in the 10th inning gave the Rangers a home opening loss to the Rockies 6-4. Rangers and Rockies tonight at 7.05, and you can hear that game on Fox Sports Central Texas. Baylor baseball takes on number 19, Texas State, tonight. First pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball hosts Texas State tonight at 6.30, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. My name is Matt Mosley, and I always like hearing from our, our friend Sean Hunt. 
UBO.com you can go to. He's uh, helped streamline all our systems up at Eminem Broadcasting in terms of copiers, email, paper. You know, if you want to really focus on your employees and some of this stuff that takes up time and attention and money, they can save you all sorts of money on all that. And it's just because they do a great job and they use the latest technology. Uh, you can call Sean, but uh, you can also reach out, find out more about them at UBO.com. Love UBO and, uh, and Sean Hunt and his whole staff do an incredible job. And they've got uh, leadership down in the, uh, the Aggies. Mr. Sheffield does a nice job over there at UBO. So it's a good bunch, and we appreciate them. Love our uh, relationship with UBO. All right, Aaron, what is the latest in college football or college basketball, whatever you choose? We will start with college basketball on the women's side. For the second time in program history, Baylor had three players selected in the WNBA draft last night. Alyssa Smith, Queen Egbo, and Jordan Lewis each had their name called last night. Smith was picked second overall by the Indiana Fever. She became the 10th first-round pick in Baylor history and the third top two program two pick in program history alongside Brittany Griner and Odyssey Sims. Not long after, Egbo was selected by the Fever also with the 10th overall pick, making her the 11th first-round selection in program history. A little while later, Lewis was selected by the Connecticut Sun in the second round with the 24th overall pick. Thursday marked the second time in program history that three Bears were drafted as Baylor tied UConn with the most picks in this year's WNBA draft. Aaron, I think I'm coming down with something. You know what it is? Fever, fever. It's kind of a slight, <laughs> yeah, kind of a slight fever. Uh, Indiana fever. All right, all right. Queen Egbo, Nalissa, good for you. Jordan Lewis goes out there to, um, what do we say, Aaron? Did you say Connecticut? Are they the sun? Yes. I think it's out in Mo- Mohegan. They play in that Mo- the Mohegan Sun or something. They play in a big, uh, mm-hmm. nice complex out there in Connecticut. And uh, I I enjoy that group. Uh, but uh, Connecticut and then uh, the Fever. And Aaron, do you know who went first overall? She went to the Atlanta Dream. Do you know who that is? Yes, Ryan Howard from Kentucky. What did you think of Ryan Howard? Did you get to see her much this year? I, I really didn't. I uh, obviously saw Nalissa almost every game, and I saw a lot of uh, Boston from South Carolina, but I didn't get to see Howard that, that play very much. Yeah. I kind of hate that Nikki Collin has turned on the Atlanta Dream. She was their coach, Aaron, and she, she no longer has any regard for them. She's Indiana fever. All the way because these Bears have ended up in Indiana. So Nikki Collin no longer has any love for her former team, the Atlanta Dream. I like that name. Love that name. Love the uh, love what it suggests and uh, what it, the the memories it brings back and and the important times. But uh, what a uh, what an important organization that is. I'm kidding. I think Nikki still appreciates the Dream. All right, Aaron. Um, what else do we have today in today's edition of Campus Confidential? Last week, Texas senior defensive lineman Mori, uh, excuse me, lineman uh, Moro Ojomo made headlines with some comments concerning the state of the Longhorns program in recent years. His quotes were uh, 
were pretty specific and, and uh, well, pretty tough on the program. He said, quote, there's 18 to 22-year-olds that want to chase women, want to chase money, want to chase alcohol, and they don't see the future. They're very distracted by what's in front of them. It's such a hard thing, especially guys that haven't been in a winning culture. That's why it's very easy for a lot of these powerhouses to keep going because it's established. The new guys just come in and they're like, oh, blank, this is how we have to do it. This is what we do. It's so much more difficult. He also said uh, players have to make a stand, basically say enough is enough. Seven and six BS at Texas isn't happening anymore. We have the ability. We have the talent. Get your mind right. We're going to win. Well, wait, what's a, wait, wait a second. Now, somebody has a problem with this? Yes. The other quote. The other quote I like was, they're more worried about Sixth Street than like balling. I don't know why. I mean, Ojomo, to me, came right on out, and I'm, I'm sure it, maybe it didn't make some guys feel good, but uh, my gosh, if I'm this guy's coach, I'm kind of like, yeah, yes, amen, amen. Say it louder for the people in the back. Way to go, Moro. But Aaron, I understand at least one of the coaches on that staff was not pleased. Yeah, you and I were thinking the same thing, especially after watching that team all of last year. I mean, they, you know, that – that's not a team that didn't have talent. They just, after the Oklahoma game, I don't think showed a lot of fight, except for maybe the last game of the season. But, yes, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian did not like Ojomo's comments. He said, quote, you know, culture is always challenging. Culture is organic. I think Morrow would be the first to tell you that he'd love to have some of the things he said back. We have to be careful to speak about everybody when, when maybe there's an isolated one or two guys that are having issues. And there's more to his comment, but I want to I want to get your opinion on that. Do you think he's talking about one or two guys, first of all? Because I absolutely do not. No, I I, I don't. And I, I think what what really happened is this story would have kind of gone away and and Sark by addressing it like he did and acting like it's a learning <laughs> opportunity and that a Jomo's been banned from talking to the media made a much bigger story about it. Aaron were we going to have this in Campus Confidential today if Sark hadn't brought it up? Absolutely. I mean, this thing escaped me last week. I don't even think the the media who got these quotes thought it was that huge of a deal. And by Sark addressing it today, it's now become sort of a even not just a local story, but more of a national story. Absolutely. That, that is 100% true. If, if Coach Sark, Sarkeesian hadn't said anything, I wouldn't be doing this story right now because, like you, I didn't see it last week. I didn't see the quotes. But when he comments on it, it made it a big story. And, uh, boy, he was he was, uh, he was was really rough on a Jomo. He said, I thought the forum was really poor. He should not have done that in public with a really good player-led team. Those issues get taken care of in the locker room, get taken care of in the meeting room. If you're really a family, you don't go out and talk about family business. You take care of things internally well apparently that didn't work last year or the year before yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know but anyway uh jomo will not be speaking with as you mentioned with the uh, press anytime soon according I, to the texas head coach i want moro jomo to get in the portal and 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 to land in waco texas i know we're pretty stacked right now along the defensive line but uh, I, I, I want a Jomo to line up for the Bears, all right? And I love that attitude. If you got people that all they care about is partying or going to Sixth Street, call them out. I got no problem there. 
there's a reason this guy in the media and John Bianco and those people are letting this guy talk because he's smart and he articulates things in a great way and, and he's someone they want representing the team. If you don't like what he has to say, you can't just go, poor forum, bad choice, bad choice by the kid. There was a reason you kept putting him out there because you love how he represents the university. I don't think he rep- represented the university poorly at all here. So all Sark did was turn this into a story. And if Sark wants to get on to people for what forums they talk in, I could point Sark back to some days where he made some mistakes in talking to some people. I could point to a certain banquet, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I'm just, I, think, I think he needs to let Ajomo keep talking because that young man seems to have a great handle on things. Uh, yeah, you and I are in 100% agreement on this, and I, his, I think his handling of the situation is terrible, and I think it's kind of indicative of why the program's in the state that it's in. Now, they'll be improved because they got a lot of good recruits and transfers, um, but, you know, Ajomo didn't speak out for no reason, and he didn't speak out because of a couple of players. That's, yeah. that, that's obvious from his statements. I agree. After winning the national championship last week, Kansas is doing what past champions could not do. They're cashing in. The Kansas Barnstorming Tour will begin on April 23rd at a high school in Wichita, Kansas. For tickets ranging from $30 to $125, fans can get autographs, participate in a Q&A session, join a skills training session, and attend a VIP dinner. All tickets include an autograph from players and pictures are available with an extra fee, this is all legal under the new NIL rules that will allow Kansas to be the first college basketball team to make money off of their national title. Per front office sports, players will get 70% of the revenue on the tour and a 100% of the revenue from items that are auctioned. Wow, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I bet those Baylor players on that national title team are like, dang it, NIL wasn't quite ready for us. NIL came into being not long after Baylor won that national championship. You know, it was, it was uh, let's say they won it in April, and then I think we started doing NIL talk in, what, June or July is when that came into being. So, uh, yeah, that'd be fun to do some, uh, do a little tour like that. I like that. I did, Aaron, I just saw some breaking news, by the way. I know you love looking into the portal. Kate, here we come. K-State basketball transfer has found a new home. This is about two hours ago, so not not just crazy breaking, but I think we can still consider it breaking. Sir Ye Lewis, ooh, I love that name. Sir Ye Lewis has uh, entered the portal, and guess where he's ended up, Aaron? He is now a Rice Owl. Hmm. And uh, he, he went to Rice and I got to say, Rice is not, let's not act like it's the greatest uh, athletic school. It certainly is a great academic school, but I think it's going to be needing to take a step up in athletics because, Aaron, they are one of the schools along with North Texas and a couple of others. Uh, I think UAB, am I right? Yes. (laughs) That's headed to the American Athletic Conference, the AAC. I don't think the Rice Owls can show up to the ACC and still be the old Rice Owls. They're going to have to get out of study hall and go win some ball games. Yeah, they're going to do. They're going to have to do well in in, in some other sports besides baseball. I think uh, joining the AAC and yeah, they were great in baseball. You're right. They're going to have to do better 
than like you know in other areas other than road scholars finally on the uh, tim made podcast urban meyer was asked about possibly returning to a role similar to his days at fox when he was a college football analyst and he said that he was definitely interested he said quote that's all still in conversation i love fox i love their team i love their guys there's nothing that's been finalized yet but yeah i plan on going back and doing it i really enjoyed that are you surprised that they would kind of welcome him back with open arms with all the trouble he had with Jacksonville off the field? Well, it was nothing illegal, but it was just, you know, the whole bar thing. And then there was the are you, are you accusations saying, of bullying and kicking a kicker. You, yeah. Are you saying they've uh, – I feel like I'm cutting you off. You really want to read all his his stuff again, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But um, do we uh, – are, are you seeing that Fox is open to this? I, I didn't know about. I didn't know that. Or is, or is he just saying he would be open to it? He's saying that they are, that they are quote in a conversation, that nothing's been finalized yet, but they are in a conversation. So maybe there's more interest from his side than Fox's side, and you know, if he we'll if they that do out. that, I'll be stepping down from Fox. <laughs> no, I better I better watch what I say. They may hold me to it. Uh, I don't. I think that'd be kind of embarrassing, honestly, to welcome him back. I would let, I would let Ur- Urban kind of take some time away, and then bring back. I mean, why not Stoops? Does Stoops have anything to do? He got that interim. He got. He took care of OU and got them into Venable's hands. Well, and I think why can't why can't Stoops just go back and be on there? I think I think he kind of likes it, doesn't he? Yeah, and you know, I'm not no Sooner fan, but I, I thought that Stoops was better, a lot better than Urban Meyer doing that. So, yeah, I, I think the only thing tough for Stoops is that he was, you know, having to be on site all the time and maybe miss some of his son's games. Um, his son Drake Stoops plays for OU. Although you remember they were at the Baylor OU game and then they were at on the OU campus like the next weekend. So they really seemed to tailor it around Stoops's uh, kind of how whatever he wanted to do. So who knows? But. Uh, that is interesting. Hey, other broadcasting news, Aaron, while we're talking about this. I don't know if you saw this one, but uh, and it's not really college, but a lot of these college players are tr- ending up in the USFL now. And the USFL announced via NBC its uh, broadcasting group, like the broadcasting teams. And Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett will be one of the analysts for NBC for USFL games. So... I don't know. I mean, I, I think our first instinct is like, ooh, he's not going to be very good. But I, I don't know. I think he might be okay. I didn't know Romo was going to be what Romo is. I knew he'd be okay. I didn't know he would, like, knock it out of the park like he has. So I'm not going to be dismissive of Jason Garrett just yet. All right. We got to get to Kevin Longquist. Oh, we wanted you to comment. I wanted you to hear what you thought about Garrett. Do you oh, like? I have no interest in seeing him on TV. <laughs> I really don't. I just he, he annoys me, and I, he may be great, and I may change my mind, but I doubt it. And Aaron, don't ever think we have to rush to get to Kevin Long. That's that's a okay? good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our um, our expert when it comes to college football recruiting. And they had a big day the other day in Coppell, and he was out taking a look at all these Baylor targets. 
Our man Kevin Longquist is next. Tom Ward and Garrett, weekdays 7 to 9 on ESPN Central Texas. A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Tax season brings a lot of uncertainty for everyone, but especially for investors. I'm Joe Kaleo of the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. We can help you navigate the complexities of tax laws and build a financial portfolio that withstands change no matter what the season. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. John Morris here telling you all about my friends at Marineland Boating Center, home of Crest Pontoon Boats and Yamaha Outboards. They have boats in stock for immediate delivery. Enjoy days of fishing and family boating fun from Crest Pontoons, powered by Yamaha Outboard Motors. Only at Marineland Boating Center, I-35 at Loop 340 South, or on the web at MarinelandWacoYamaha.com. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Marineland Boating Center, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. Oh, it is Matt Mosley. And uh, it is uh, good to be with you. Lots of breaking news today. We'll get to some Baylor stuff. Uh, Kevin Longquist joining us now from Rivals.com. You can read a lot of his stuff at Sikkim Sports. And uh, there's always some late-breaking information. And I love the, the some of the stuff coming out of Coppell. Uh, Kevin, we'll get into that. But I did see your alma mater, SMU, had some interesting news earlier today. Rhett Lashley, the new coach over there, has some kind of new 
thing he puts out when they get a recruit. And it has some sound effects to it, which are fine. Um, and it's it's some kind of Dallas-branded thing that, that they were doing under Sonny as well. So he's kind of kept that thing going. But now, I thought that was interesting. A a kid from Garland, I think that was the Lakeview Centennial, uh, who had gone to Alabama, and he's transferring to SMU. Kevin, as I recall, this was a pretty big-time recruit back in the day. Yeah, Kamar Wheaton uh, was one of uh, one of the most highly uh, touted uh, recruits of uh, the, that class, uh, dynamic runner, had all the skills that you would want from a running back who was, you know, I, again, when you're going to Alabama to play there, or at least that's when you sign there, I mean, there's a reason why they think you're good enough to play there, but didn't work out for him. I know he had some uh, knee issues there for a while, and uh, I think there were some family issues going on with him as well, which is why he came back to DFW. And uh sounded like SMU had a, did a really good job of uh, – creating that relationship with them. And uh, I guess he announced this afternoon. I didn't see what Rhett's tweet was, uh, but it's a big pickup for them. I would assume that he'll probably get on campus in the summer and then uh, will be available in the fall once they get the season underway. All right. Now, I like this thing you all did. Rivals had a big camp showcase type event. And um, and I I'm going to attend one of these things with you. I think you would hate that because I'd be pestering you <laughs> up in the stands when you're trying to talk to people. You landed some exclusives, some one on one. So people that want to sign up for that, uh, Kevin, a lot of people hear you uh, on our show. I want to give you a chance to plug your information there. What's the easiest way? in the most cost-efficient way to sign up and get all this kind of behind-the-scenes information. I'm a member, and I'm a, obviously I pay for the premium information. How can others do that, Kevin? Well, basically what you do is you uh, log on to – you just go – you can either go to SikkimSports.com, S-I-C-E-M, Sports.com, or you can go to Baylor.Rivals.com, and then you can put together a – you can go to the log the sign-up uh, – icon at the top right of the uh, home page there so it's basically uh 9.99 a month i like to use the example of if you go to subway and buy a six inch sandwich with a potato chips and a drink that's basically what you're paying for once a month uh on this and so it's uh, it's a really great deal we've got some things that we've got coming up here in the next couple of weeks uh but we want to have folks just take a look at the content that we have you mentioned we had exclusive one-on-one with quarterback commit Austin Novosad. We also had a pretty good one-on-one with uh, Mikhail uh, Harrison Pilot, the extraordinary talent rivals, uh, number 87 out of Temple, who was there. Got a couple of other uh, video interviews coming up as well later on. And great content with some other uh, targets that are coming up uh, that we had exclusive discussions with uh, at the camp on Sunday. So it was a great opportunity for us to catch up and kind of see where Baylor is. We had some really good information uh, that was on the site on Monday talking about where Baylor stood with some of these top recruits. So we invite everyone to give us yeah. a look, see what you, see what you think about all that, and uh, uh, and just t- check us out. And like I said, it's only nine ninety nine a month, and so it's basically uh, the cost of one sandwich and a p- order of potato chips and a drink, and that's it. A sandwich from Schmaltz's, the greatest. The greatest sandwich shop in all of uh, Central Texas, I'm sure you're talking about. Okay, so tell me a little bit, and and I know you, I won't spoil everything. There's a lot of stuff behind the pay site. But you having now been around uh, Novosad a a fair amount 
and then getting to see him throw on what was, uh, I believe you and the analyst have noted it was a very windy day, which isn't a shocker for Texas that time of year. Uh, Nova said when he's out there and you're watching these different quarterbacks, you're seeing the ball zip out of there, uh, what does he – is he standing out above the rest? What what is he? Uh, what can you share with us? First of all, how he looks throwing the football. Second of all, what he's like as a as a kid, you know, visiting with him. Well, let's start with the second one first. Uh, when visiting with him, very down to earth, uh, knows who he is, appreciates where he's at, and what he's done to get to this moment where we have him ranked as a four star recruit. And uh, you know, he just understands what he has to do, and I think that's. I would call him kind of a, you know, he will be vocal when he needs to, but he like, but he likes to lead by example, but he's got a good head on his shoulders, Matt. That was one of the things that stuck out to me when I was talking with him pretty much throughout the day, if you will. I mean, once he got there around 1130 in the morning on Sunday, and I would visit with him here and there in between drills or stations or things like that. And then when we obviously got the opportunity to visit with him one-on-one, those are the impressions that I came with came away with because that's actually the first time I've had a chance to really watch him in person. And then as far as the, the skill set is concerned, uh, the one thing that stands out to me is that, uh, you know, all the skills, all the mechanics are there, keeps the elbow up, always looks downfield. And of course, when you are in something like this, you're not going to have, you know, you're only going to have the one-on-one coverage when it comes to that, that drill. But for the most part, I mean, he was putting he was putting mustard on it. I think his release is really quick. That's one thing. Footwork is solid because it, you've got to have a good foundation if you're going to be able to deliver the football. You've got to have your you know your plant foot set and then obviously drive the football when you're doing that. And what I came away with from watching him, especially when the throws that were going into the south part of the field, which is where you know he's throwing against the wind at that point, is that he was cutting those things on the. Uh, through the teeth of the wind and those things were on a line there and those were probably the most impressive throws I mean anyone can throw when you got the wind at your back that makes a big difference but you know there there were some stations where he was actually having to throw probably at about the 35 yard line in a couple of those areas where he was throwing against the wind and he was still putting it right through it and that kind of shows you his arm strength and I'll say this finally is that he's kind of got the body where he's very slender but once he gets into a Division One strength and conditioning program like Baylor's, it's going to be fun to watch his physique evolve over the time that he goes through Baylor. Yeah, I would say uh, I, I think he does have a, a, a good frame, and he'll be able to put some uh, put some muscle on there. And in the ball, I don't know if you were out there taking these videos or or somebody else was, and you were forwarding them. But it was pretty good videos. Uh, I, I kind of like your work there. Uh, Kevin, I'm sure you were given the the special rivals access. Having uh, <laughs> do, do any of your so-called rivals from these other sites are they allowed to attend these things, or is it sort of a private type thing only reserved for the people that work for rivals? Well, it is mostly for the the writers that cover all the teams of the rivals network. So I was there along with my colleagues from Texas and OU, Texas A&M, you know that sort of thing. Those folks were all there. Uh, talking to exclusive targets at Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, we're talking to that sort of thing. So, yeah, the, all the 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 publishers of those respective sites, including me, were there uh, watching okay. these kids go through the day. I did get reports of uh, 
of of a young man by the last name of Etheridge driving a truck around the uh, around the uh, football field trying to see into some of the practice. Okay, I just want to report that to you. Okay, sure, that's fine. Uh, the 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 also talking to Kevin Longquist, our rivals expert about the other day. The, these running backs intrigue me. There was a 2024 kid and then a 2023 Baylor target. Now, you don't have to tell me everything because, again, you can read about this as Kevin was talking about. But this Marquise Collins, you put this out, you know, on Twitter. So this is out there for everyone to see. Sure. Man, you talk about lean. This this guy, and, and just I'm just looking at a still photograph, so I can't tell much, but – uh, he is uh, he's kind of a lean looking athlete that could almost look like a, a wide receiver. Is that a decent uh, description of him? And, and what kind of tell us a little bit about his background and, and what folks are saying about him? Yeah, and Mar- it's, that's Marquise Collins, uh, excuse me, Marquise Collins at a college station. Uh, he recently put Baylor in his top eight. And obviously, you know, it's one of those things with Baylor where, you know, he, he has all the dimensions that you would look for. And I think the question for Baylor is going to be is, do they want to take one or two running backs? I think that's going to be really interesting as to how this all breaks down. The, uh, and, you know, thousand-yard rusher, College Station had a tremendous season last year. Uh, what I liked about him most of all, is, especially with running backs, I kind of have him looking like a little bit like Tristan Ebner. You've got to be able to catch the football out of the back, though, which is what I think he can do. And he showed that a little bit especially in some drills. You know what I also liked is that we actually had a drill that afternoon where running backs were going against linebackers trying to block them. And that's something that I've not seen in recent years where we've done that. But in this day and age, running backs have to show that they can block and they can pick up blitzers and that sort of thing. And Marquise actually did a pretty good job on this. Now, to your point on the 2024 running back, that was Nathaniel Palmer out of Decatur, a kid that's been down to Baylor a couple of times, really like him. Uh, he's got several offers, Notre Dame being one of those, Oklahoma State being a, being another one as well. Uh, and, and he's a kid that I think really has, you know, the sky's the limit for him. I mean, I had a t- I, p- I tweeted out a picture of those two standing together. They just happened to be standing next to each other talking when I got the picture of them and sent it out on Sunday. Um, but it would be kind of fascinating to see if both of them wind up coming to Baylor uh, over the next couple of years because those are two really dynamic running backs. All right, I'm I'm enjoying. You got some good photos out there, defensive linemen, uh, some big time defensive linemen. The uh, defensive back uh, Tayshawn Wilson is also somebody, and uh, I mean these guys do not look like they they. Some of these guys are 2023, so it's not that far ahead of them showing up, but uh, uh, they appear to be big time athletes and. Uh, and as you were saying, there was some there was some interview you did, and you were encouraging people to watch it for something that happens with uh, this tight end Hawkins Polly. So I'll tease yeah. that because people might yeah. uh, enjoy uh, watching that, and uh, it sounds like you can you can learn something about uh, Hawkins Polly. Now, it, it, can you tell? I always like it when you tell me um, the the staff members at Baylor, for instance, uh, some of that has changed a little bit with Joey leaving some Baylor coaches leaving with him. Uh, does it seem like juice, the man they call juice, Justin Johnson, um, the uh, Baylor running backs coach, uh, uh, coach Dennis Johnson, the D line coach, 
I mean, who who's standing out to you right now as far as give me two or three guys, this uh, uh, the Baylor staff, that you think is really, really doing a great job connecting with recruits? Well, I think, you know, I think you mentioned Juice, and he's done a really good job of just creating that vibe uh, with the running backs. I think uh, Kevin Curtis, the defensive backs coach, has done an excellent job of connecting with, you know, guys like Tayshawn Wilson, who is, as you mentioned, you know, he's a guy that I think maybe a couple months ago that folks might have felt like Baylor's chances were a little bit iffy. But the fact that, you know, Tayshawn was down at practice uh, on, on Saturday to check out that scrimmage was a really big thing there and the fact that you know you guys you get a four-star kid like Jalen Braxton coming down the week before as well that's really huge I've mentioned this before Matt maybe to you on, on previous uh, appearances on your show is the fact that Baylor is in a position where it is recruiting a different type and a higher rated type of recruit than it has even as even as recently as maybe three years ago why well it obviously helps when you go 12 and 2 win the big 12 championship win the sugar bowl um, and the fact that you have an opportunity to sell a defense that is really as as good as this group is, I think that's really important that they can sell that. And, of course, Dave Aranda's reputation nationally, because of what he did previously at Wisconsin, and then what he did at LSU, leading them to the na- – or helping them be a part of that 2019 national championship team, and then, of course, what happened last year in his second season – all kind of recruits itself. It sells what he can do and what defensive players, you know, really good defensive players. Like if I got it, want a chance to get to the NFL, this is a guy I really want to learn more about him and see how he can help me develop as a great player. And then perhaps have a chance to get to the national football league. Uh, that's where you're seeing guys like, you know, look no further than the 2021 team for a guy like Jalen Petrie, even though Dave didn't recruit him originally, of course, but Dave took his game to the next level over the 2020 and 2021 season toward Jalen's a borderline first-round pick. Yeah, I think those are great points. And plus, we've been passing the plate in in our Baptist churches, the NIL Collective. I think that's going to help <laughs> as we get that yeah. thing up and running. So uh, I don't think we can compete with A&M in Texas, but uh, we certainly can on the field and, and continue to show that. Kevin, always fun catching up with you. Congratulations on the success of that Coppell Showcase event, and uh, I, uh, I'll i show up at some point, and uh, I'll, uh, I, I really like to get in there and, and uh, share some of my opinions on these, uh, on these youngsters. So look forward to the day we can do that, Kevin, and I look forward to seeing you at the Baylor Spring Game coming up on the 23rd. Thanks for the warning, Matt. No, just kidding. Have a great day. Good to be with you again, okay? All right. All right. There he goes. Kevin Longquist, longtime sports writer, and a recruiting expert who loves to kind of dig in and see how all these kids are doing 2024, 23, 25. We're even looking at 2026 players now with some of these young quarterbacks. Unbelievable. All right, Matt Mosley show. Aaron Sexton alongside. Got a treat for you next. We have uh, the Baylor women's golf program just pulled off a really nice win, and we'll talk to their coach next. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. It's time now for today's Baylor Sports Beat, your daily dose of green and gold. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, it's Bears and Bobcats times two tonight. 
plus equestrian heads to nationals. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. It is Baylor versus Texas State times two tonight. Baylor baseball in San Marcos to take on the Bobcats on the air at 615. First pitch at 630 right here on ESPN Central Texas. While Baylor softball is hosting Texas State at Getterman Stadium this evening, on the air at 615, first pitch at 630 on 101.3 FM television tonight on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Baylor Equestrian has completed the regular season. They are headed to Ocala, Florida, the World Equestrian Center there, for the NCEA National Championships. This national event has called Waco home the last 16 years, now moving to Ocala, Florida, beginning on Thursday. Baylor, the number six seed, they'll take on number three seed Texas A&M in the first round. Head coach Casey Maxwell says she's prepared her team with a tough schedule all season long. Absolutely. I mean, I've been very intentional in how we've set up our regular season schedule since I've been at Baylor just to not make it easy on our team to put us up against some of the toughest teams in the country and test the waters. Um, this year specifically, I think we've played every team that's here at nationals, if, if not once, um, twice, if not three times, um, counting the big 12 championship. And so, you know, knowing that we've played high ranked teams all season, we've, we've won, we've lost in close meets and things like that makes my team feel very confident in their ability coming into this. Um, we also know just kind of looking at history nationals is its own, it's its own beast. Um, you know, last year we knocked off the number one team in the country who had gone undefeated for 40 plus competitions, you know, for over, that spanned over several years. And so anything is fair game here. I mean, I think if you're the number one team in the country, you've got everything to lose. And if you're the number eight team in the country, you've got nothing to lose. And so everyone's going to come here and pour their heart out. And our ranking um, is no different than that. We've got to be our best against Every individual opponent we play Thursday, hopefully into Friday, and hopefully into Saturday, no matter what history has looked like playing against those teams. That's Baylor Equestrian coach Casey Maxwell. They'll begin competition in the NCEA National Championships on Thursday in Ocala, Florida. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Your weather report is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. 
Since 1949, the Nietzsche Group Insurance Agency has offered Texans policies for their personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs. Check them out at nitchegroup.com. With the Nietzsche Group Insurance Agency, Texans can go to one company and get access to insurance coverage options from many carriers. Learn more at thenitchegroup.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. We do have a chance of severe weather this evening as a dry line moves in. We'll keep it mostly cloudy with a 40% chance of severe weather. Large hail, damaging winds seem to be the biggest threats. Most of the threats, though, start to diminish later on tonight and overnight, and low temperatures will fall to 68 degrees. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at Pioneer Boys.com. John Morris here telling you all about my friends at Marineland Boating Center, home of Crest Pontoon Boats and Yamaha Outboards. They have boats in stock for immediate delivery. Enjoy days of fishing and family boating fun from Crest Pontoons, powered by Yamaha Outboard Motors. Only at Marineland Boating Center, I-35 at Loop 340 South, or on the web at MarinelandWacoYamaha.com. ESPN Central Texas is your home of the Texas Rangers. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental. They make work easier. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nietzsche Group Insurance Agency. With the Nietzsche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nietzsche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nietzsche Group at 1-800-258-8302. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Baylor women's basketball saw three going to the WNBA draft. Melissa Smith went number two overall to Indiana Fever. Queen Egbo went number 10 to the Fever, as well as Jordan Lewis went number 24 to the Connecticut Sun. The Los Angeles Lakers fired Frank Vogel on Monday, choosing their title-winning coach to take the fall for the most disappointing season in NBA history. A review in the 10th inning gave the Rangers a home opening loss to the Rockies 6-4. to Rangers and Rockies tonight at 7.05, and you can hear that game on Fox Sports Central Texas. Baylor baseball takes on number 19, Texas State, tonight. First pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball hosts Texas State tonight at 6.30, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. 
Matt Mosley Show. We're off the air a little early today because uh, you have Baylor baseball, Texas State. Aaron, the problem with these games, these midweek games, usually that's kind of if you've had a bad weekend like the Bears did, it's kind of a get-yourself-right type of midweek game. Or I thought they had a get-yourself-right weekend series against East Tennessee State. They won all three, and they went back to college play, and they got swept. And uh, went uh, out two and seven. I reached out to uh, try to have Coach uh, Rodriguez. He's always great to us and always comes on. And they declined yesterday uh, through his, uh, you know, through the Baylor SID, which is totally their prerogative. But uh, yeah, it's a tough one, man. They play uh, Texas State and uh, today and last Tuesday, of course, it was Dallas Baptist, and they had a good comeback against Dallas Baptist, but lost that game. And now Texas State is no easy win because Texas State is ranked, I think, 20th in the country right now. So even these midweek games are kind of tough to uh, uh, to try to get going. Now, we were going to talk real fast, and um, we're going to try to touch base with uh, Jay Goble, the uh, Baylor women's golf coach. And, man, that, that is a uh, – that's a program – uh, I can get behind right there. And I can get behind these programs, whether they're winning or losing, because I like a lot of the people leading these programs. But I'm telling you, the Baylor women, I saw a deal the other day that was kind of remarkable as far as, like, where everybody's ranked. Uh, you know, all the different sports, it's like, you know, sixth in the country, fourth in the country, fifth in the and – the, and the Baylor women's golf is, is way up there. I think I, I think I saw maybe they were sixth in the country. And they had a tournament in Fort Worth and just went out and, and, and uh, I mean, just put it to is the Bruzzy Challenge. And they became the champs. There's Coach right there. We're going to we'll get him on here in a minute. Jay Goble. Look at those gold pants. This is a man who has some flair about his game. Now, we're checking in with Jay, reminding Jay. Come on, Jay. You have an interview to do. With the Mosley Show. We can't wait around, but uh, there he is in a gold pants, in that green shirt, and they're all holding their, their trophies there. The Bruzzy champions they are, and uh, I like that. i, I got to figure out this Bruzzy, exactly what that all means, but uh, there's Gerline Core, and she had a big day, and there's uh, Rosie Belsham, and... I mean, this, this is a team that right now is absolutely stacked. And uh, it's been fun to kind of keep up with and watch this team play. And I was trying to watch, you know, we got all kinds of stories here. It looked like they had a beautiful, this, I got to get back to this place. I believe they played water chase. And there were some, some water features that I really loved, um, you know, kind of looking at this tournament and everything. Let me look at the final score here. After three rounds, the Bears, and even though they had their highest score in round three, they still won the thing over the TCU Horn Frogs, I might add, going away by 12 strokes. All right? So they won by 12 strokes over TCU and then also beat Oklahoma State. And then uh, as far as some of the players, how they finished, they did really, really well. Uh, Gerline Core. Uh, finish 69, 67, 71. And she's Baylor's number one player. And she finished, I believe, second in the tournament. And uh, 
Let's give it one more try, Aaron. Apparently, they're standing by. So we'll give them one more chance. If not, we'll have to move on. We'll catch Jay another time. But uh, this team, listen to this, Aaron. Gurleen Core um, ties for, or she got second. Addie Baggerly, who's new to the team, was a big-time player at Florida, tied for seventh. Britta Snyder ties for ninth. Rosie Belsham ties for 14th. And then uh, Antonia uh, uh, Mate uh, got uh, tied for 23rd. And uh, she finished with a 71 today. Everybody, honestly, finished pretty strong. But uh, th- this is a team that uh, is really uh, interesting to watch. And then they were able to take down in this tournament TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas, North Texas, Iowa State. So this was, in a lot of ways, a lot of co- almost like a conference tournament. Okay, good. Jay Goble joining us now. Hey, Jay, I hear you. I can hey, hear you. So, uh, hey, it's Sorry going well. No, 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 no problem. It will have to be a little quick because we got Baylor baseball coming up. So we'll catch up with you a little bit more as we go. I got to first compliment you. I saw the uh, the winning team picture today. Man, is this a is this become a normal uh, tournament look for you with those gold pants with the green uh, golf shirt? That's quite a look, Jay. I'm, you know, trying to be fashionable, so we'll we'll see how it goes. I, I had a nice belt to, to wear today. That's right. Don't forget the belt. I like that. Right in the middle, the girls were all in kind of a conservative, uh, the the white. I like those white uh, golf shirts, and there you are in your gold pants right in the middle of them. I like I like your style. Uh, Jay, this is a good Thank tournament. Uh, the, the, the Bruzzy. Uh, it brings out a lot of your conference opponents, TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas. I mean, so it's a great kind of chance to see where you stack up. You already knew you had a good team, but uh, to win this thing going away, and today, honestly, third day, you had your highest scores, but uh, but still were able to win the thing by, I think, 12 shots clear of second place. How how pleased were you with the effort at this tournament that uh, – was held held there at Water Chase in Fort Worth. Yeah, we had a great day today. I mean, a great tournament. It was uh, it was like a mini uh, Big Twelve Championship preview. And um, I think the probably the best thing to come out of this week is the fact that we did play in challenging conditions for for three rounds. That you know we got pulled off the golf course yesterday for a lightning storm. Uh, some people had to finish holes this morning and then we repaired and, and kind of teed off again at eight thirty. So it, it was, uh, a lot of things that were out of our control that we had to be okay with and go out there and still grind out a score. And I think we did that. So it, it was cool to see that, um, they fought really hard and that they, um, honestly, we didn't have our best day today, but we still found a way to go eight under the last six holes as a team to, uh, to again, leap, you know, kind of increase that margin of victory because uh, at one point I looked down at my phone and we were only four shots ahead of of TCU <laughs> who was having a really good day, and um, <laughs> you know the the internal fortitude to get it going and to to kind of gut it out and you know Gerlene went four under her last six holes, Addie went three under her last five holes, uh, a couple other players were one or two under par to finish up and. It was a good way to to end out the tournament and, again, get ready for uh, the Big 12 championship, which is only 10 or 11 days away. 
Yeah, Jay Goble joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. It may have been bad karma, Jay. I, I approached Matt Roberts, your SID, about, you know, I think y'all were through 10 holes. And I said, hey, let's, uh, I mean, you know, y'all are way up. So uh, I am glad <laughs> you held on there. It did look in that second round, nobody was even, I was looking, I mean, nobody was barely even within 10 shots of y'all in that round. Had to be a great sign in some difficult conditions, as you said, some stop and start for a lot of the teams. Y'all got out, I guess, a little early, uh, but but some pretty, you know, difficult wind, all that that was out there. Is, uh, the, is, is that a statement sort of about the focus that your team has? Now, Gurleen and Addy have both played in majors. Uh, Gurleen actually sure. more than one now, uh, and I, I would think that has to help when you've played in some of those uh, – uh, high, high-pressure situations, a little wind and a little rain, a little mud, maybe doesn't uh, irritate you as much. You know, golf is all about fighting adversity. And, we, and you know, I think when the conditions get bad, um, it really shows who's, you know, tough and who isn't and who can get through a round and, and post a score. And I – Honestly, like I, I like it that way, and I think that the best teams end up winning that way. And um, to see again, we weren't having our best round, but to fight through it. Um, yesterday was was a bit of an anomaly. I mean, we we had six eagles in the round, which you know I don't know if we've had six eagles this year, and we had six eagles in one one round of golf. Um, <laughs> so there were some cool things going on, but again the. The wind and the conditions and, you know, fighting bad breaks and stuff like that, you, you have to be able to kind of take it on the chin and just keep moving forward. And our team did that really well this weekend. And if they do that really well in two weeks, we're going we're gonna to be hard to beat at Big 12. Did, did I read that back uh, correctly, that you had one player who had back-to-back Eagles yesterday? Addie <laughs> yes. Baggerly had back-to-back Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I, she I, drove I mean, it on a par four and made the putt, and then on the next hole was a par five. She hit it in two and made the putt. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, yeah. It was crazy. So <laughs> you you were kind of waiting and 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 being pretty patient, you know, for Addie to get ready to play, and she seemed like she had maybe a little minor injury that was holding her back. Uh, but boy, she's come on uh, strong. Her leadership, uh, uh, Jay. We got to be kind of quick here, but uh, the her her leadership is it about what you expected it to be? Yeah, she. Uh, you know, she got off to a slower start at Baylor than I I thought she would. But um, again, I knew her experience was what we needed on this team. I knew that her leadership, uh, because she'd been there, done that on this team, was going to be big for us. And um, I I really feel that. She was kind of the missing missing piece, and her game's rounding out now, and, and she's playing well. And, again, I think going into postseason, having Gurleen and, and Addie is going to be really big for us to have two people that have played college golf for five years. They've been in about every situation you can be in, played in major championships. Um, yeah, to have her and have Gurleen, uh, we got two great leaders to, to kind of lead us through the end of this year really excited about it 
Well, Jay, I appreciate it. Also, I uh, was excited. Uh, uh, Annika played really well as an individual and, and put up some yep, nice scores did. and finished very strong. I, I should point out with the seventy-two today in that round three. So you, you know, you, you better be good at golf with a name like Annika, and she is. So, uh, Jay, good to good to visit with you, and I'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Second Bears. You bet. There he goes, Jay Gobel. Coach of, uh, we were talking about some of those uh, uh, really, really fine teams Baylor has right now across the board. All these ranked teams, and for the Bears to be, I mean, it, it's that's a great way to go into conference. I've seen some conference tournaments before, and boy, TCU. All right, well, sadly, we've got to say good night to you, Baylor baseball coming up. Texas State. Here comes the pregame. We'll see you tomorrow at four o'clock.